This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomlin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good evening. Thanks for joining us online. Hallelujah. We're going to have a great time. You're going to wish you were here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here. Because I prayed for you that you would be here. Hallelujah. It's good to see you. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is going to be a great service. Because Jesus is Lord. You know, it's not about the preacher. It's about Jesus. It's about looking unto him. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. He's the reason we're here. And it's the most amazing thing that we can just get together. And he comes in to see what we're doing. Where two or three are gathered in my name, he's there. You know, we need to start taking the Bible very seriously and literally. You know, he's here. And uh, I say this a lot of times when I, when, I, when I speak that, you know, there will never be a service just like this one ever again. You know, there are services that I remember that are just burnt into my mind. Why? Because Jesus showed up. You know, there's something about it when the eternal knocks on the door of your heart and says, hi, let me show you some things. You know, it's like he, he puts a stamp on you that never leaves. And I believe he's going to do that tonight. Because I don't want services ever to just be, ah, it's just Wednesday night service. What's the fun in that? I said, what's the fun in that? It's much more fun when, when Jesus showed up and you leave changed, right? When Jesus shows up and he's like, wow, something changed in me that Wednesday night. I'm not the same. You know, he wants to do that. You know, the reason why Jesus gave his life was so that you could be joined to him and walk with him and live life with him. You know, that's an awesome thing. I said, that's an awesome thing. And so we're going to talk about the plan of God for you individually. And, and I believe that there's, like in prayer before service tonight, there's, there, you know, things would just kind of come up in your spirit, you know. And, and it feels like there's, there's people where, you know, the call of God is there from the day that you give your life to the Lord. Did you know that? You know, that day you were placed in the body just where you fit, all right? And it never leaves you. It's there. But it might not be at the forefront of your mind or not, might not be very real to you. Well, that can change. Because this is an eternal call. It will never leave you. You know, the gifts and the callings of God are, are without repentance. So even if you failed, if you walked the wrong way for a while, it never changed. The call of God and the grace that he gave you never changed. I said it never changed. You might have changed in the way that you look at yourself and how you can see yourself as qualified to do it, but that has nothing to do with the fact that the call is there and the grace is there. Whether you've done something with it or not, it's still there. I know I've practiced it. I walked away for years. I said for years. I graduated Bible school. It wasn't until... I would say nine years later that I, I, I hit the wall and I just like, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you now if you still want me. 
But as you see, the gift and the calling of God never, never left me. But it, was, it, it seemed very far off, and it seemed like I didn't even, you know, I didn't even recognize God in my life. But that didn't change the fact that, that I had, had been born again and that I had a calling on my life and that there was graces in me that was there the whole time. I said it were there the whole time. I said it were there the whole time. Woo! But then I turned. There's something about turning to back to God. There's something about turning back to making him the focus of your life again. And as soon as you do that, he can start to show you, he can start to reveal to you, he can start to bring those things back up to the surface that you haven't noticed were there for a long time. God is amazingly merciful. He is long-suffering, he is merciful, he's a good God. I said he is a good God. And he loves you so very much. So, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read some scriptures here and we're going to see how we can follow the Holy Ghost because the thing is that there's, there's stuff that, 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 that I can, I can, I can if, if I am good at following him, there's going to be stuff that is just going to set off in you. It's just going to be a certain scripture or something that I would just, I would just say and it's going to resonate with you and the Holy Ghost is going to start talking to you about that. Because it's not about me. It's about following the Spirit of God. Even Jesus himself said, I only say what I hear the Father say. So that's what we're going to endeavor to do tonight. So that we can all be helped. Hallelujah. Into stepping into more of our destiny. Hallelujah. The plan and the call of God on our lives. That's what gives life meaning. That's what gives life substance. That's when you know that you're alive. Hallelujah. So Paul, you know, was talking to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 1, I'm going to start in verse 1 and read uh, 9, 10 verses here. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God. Whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Should we pray for each other? Should we pray for each other? He was praying for Timothy night and day. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Louis and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also, you see the faith that is in you, even if you walked away, it is genuine. I said it's a genuine faith, just what P Paul was talking about here. And there's in verse 6, it says, therefore I remind you <laughs> to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Ah, 
Isn't that interesting? <laughs> you know, God can see the end from the beginning. He, he saw everybody that was going to receive Jesus and be placed in his body. That call was, was there before you were even born. He saw you before you were even born. You might say, well, I was an accident. I, I don't think so. There's not, in the, in, in, you might have been an accident as far as your mother and father in the, in the natural are concerned, but not as far as God's concerned. There are no accidents. God knew you before you were born, and he placed you in Christ, and he gave you an anointing and a grace to walk out a purposeful life in the earth. Now, that's exciting, isn't it? I think that's very exciting. You know, the call of God on my life is basically, it's, it's what makes me tick. The fact that I have eternal purpose and can help other people find their purpose, that's what makes me tick. That's what gives me purpose. Yes, I have a family, but if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have a family. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have found Amy. Just ask Angela. Dude, God set me up, okay? He is the author and the finisher of my life. I would have had nothing if it wasn't for him. I would have ruined my, my existence on this planet a long time ago. But because of his grace, because of his mercy, his long suffering and his kindness to me, I'm here. And I have a purpose in this life that goes beyond my life here in the earth. Because our life down here is very short. It'll be over in just a moment. Like a vapor that vanishes away, your existence down here will be over. And some of us are more aware of it than others because we have walked a little bit further along the road than others. And we know that, you know, when you start to see people that you know go home to be with the Lord, then it's just like, well, I know I'm not going to be here forever. But you have a purpose that lasts forever. You're not going to be here. You're just going to be on the other side. I have people I know on the other side. Do you? They wouldn't even want to come back. No, they're there. They're on the other side, and they're, and they're watching you run your race. You know what we do down here is so short. It's so short. And so I would encourage you, try not to waste the time. Paul said that the days are evil. Why? He says because one day it can turn into another day, it can turn into another day, it can turn into another day, and you just end up existing. Well, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, to pursue God. You're supposed to, to, to do something that has eternal value. And the thing is, you probably have a whole lot more impact than what you think because people know that you're following God. They know that, and they're watching you. And sometimes when they hit the wall and need prayer, guess who they're calling? They call you because they know that they have a relationship with God. So you have a purpose. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and this goes with what we've been talking about, 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to start reading from verse 12. It talks about the body of Christ, how it's put together. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So he, he likens the body of Christ, the believers that are underneath Jesus, who is the head, like a body, like a natural body, right? For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. 
For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So there's diversity in the body. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, that wouldn't make any sense, right? And if the ear, how far did we get? That was the foot, right? And then we'll go to verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, so therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And so God put you in the body, and we're not all the same. You know, the body, uh, there's only one mouth. You know, so people, well, people, sometimes people think, well, it's only preachers that have a call to God in their life. That's not true. That's not true. Every member of the body of Christ has a call and a specific purpose for their lives that is significant to accomplishing the purpose of God. Because what could this mouth do without the body? It couldn't, it couldn't move, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything, Right? But because of the feet and because of the hands and stuff, you know, you can walk up to a door and open it. You know, you don't have to open it with your foot. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Nobody laughs, but it's kind of funny anyhow. And so, you need to laugh at my jokes. I'm just, uh, and <laughs> so, everybody has a part to play. And your part is significant. And one thing I was thinking about as, as I was preparing and praying for tonight is that, you know, sometimes we can sit and we can look at, well, you know, this isn't done, and this isn't done, and this isn't done, and then forget the part that they play. Because what about your supply? What about what you're supposed to do? Maybe, is that maybe a part of why things are not working out? You know, it's maybe the fact that when you were, you were moved on to pray, and you were too busy, might, might that have something to do with it maybe? Because it's very easy to listen to the accuser of the brethren, which is the devil, and say, oh, well, that person's not doing what they're supposed to do, that person's not doing, but well, what are we doing then? We're not really helping accomplish the purpose of God, we're actually hindering it. And so we all have a significant part to play. And there's supposed to be unity in this body. So we need to be very careful if there's a thought that comes up that is negative about anybody else, if it's in your family or if it's in your extended church family, you stop it. Because that's the enemy trying to, to divide. Because if he can divide and conquer, then he can keep the unity from happening. And, and there's a, did you know there's a supply in the body for the body? Did you know that? The same unity you see in a body, there's the same unity, there's the same flow of blood from my hand to my shoulder and in here as it is through my head. So if you think that there's unity just between you and the Lord, well, that's the, you're mistaken because there's supposed to be the same unity between me and you as between me and the Father. Wow. Well, isn't that interesting? So then we need to be very careful then about getting into quarrels and stuff like that because that is... It's not beneficial to what God wants to accomplish, is it? And you see it happens again and again and again and again and again, and it splits churches, and it hinders what God wants to do. You know, we're not ignorant of his devices, but we fall for them sometimes anyhow. Yeah. Right? And so, but if we, if we can get a little bit better at it, 
and recognizing and putting our foot, because we can stop him. It's easy, you resist the devil and he will have to flee. Unity is so important for God to be able to do what he wants to do. And there's some great things he wants to do through our church. But know that he will be limited to what he can do by us. By how we honor and respect each other. Oh, I heard, I think it was Mark Hankins said, I, I guess it was his dad who said this. He said that, you know, you can tell how you're getting along with God and how you're getting along with other people. <laughs> that always blesses everybody. <laughs> but it's true. Unity in the body. Unity in the body. You know, Paul talked about that in 1 Corinthians. I wasn't planning on going here, but we're going to go anyhow. You know, all these things are necessary for us to accomplish the will of God. How many of you want to do that? I want to accomplish the will of God because there's nothing that is more satisfying than that. So, <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul, or I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Cephas, or I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Well, the answer is no, right? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, as anyone should say that I baptized in my own name. Yes, and also baptized the household of Stephanas. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. So you see here, there were, there were, there were gifts of the Spirit in operation in, in, in Corinth. You see he's talking about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, right? There's, there's, there's stuff going on here, but there's also schisms. There's also like, well, I don't know this person I am of that person well shouldn't we all be just following Jesus shouldn't we all be able to get along hallelujah and live in peace and in unity and 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 be more and be more concerned about the other person than ourselves I said be more concerned about the other person than ourselves did you know that God will take care of you if you could take care of others it's not a new problem they had the same problem in in Corinth and Paul had to deal with it. And so here we are, dealing with it. <laughs> well, I hadn't planned on talking so much about this, but I, I asked the Lord to help us because the thing is that I, I want to see God move, okay? I want to see him move. I want to see him do things. And this thing is that he's going to be limited if he only can. You know, and, 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 and he can't just move through a few people. He needs to move through the body. Because there are gifts and there's callings in the body that is necessary. I said it's necessary for God to be able to do what he wants to do. It's not just about the preacher. No, there's gifts and callings in each and every one of you. Many gifts, many gifts, hallelujah. Okay, let me see where we need to go now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so uh, uh, attentive, hallelujah, because that helps. 
Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in the, in the beginning of that chapter, let's go there. Hallelujah. In verse 1, so now, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Or in the Greek it says spiritual, so the things of the Spirit. So he doesn't want us to be ignorant of these things, right? You know that when you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one that say, can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Or, you know, you can say, but if you're moved by an inspiration, you say that you're moved by the wrong spirit, right? So, let's keep on going. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith or special faith. This is, this is miracle working faith he's talking about here. By the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, seeing into the spirit realm, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpreta interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Well, this seems to be too much for just one person to do. You need to go home and look at these things here and know that God has given each and one of you different gifts and different abilities. And a lot of times you just look at the preacher, well, he's the one who's supposed to pray for people and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the believer shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But there are, there are supernatural endowments that you will probably never know about unless you start to, to, to acknowledge these things and start to look at it and start to talk to God about it. And I know some people are, are more hungry for these things than others, but we should, we should hunger for these things. Why do I say that? Well, because in verse 31 of the same chapter, Paul says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way, and then he starts to talk about love. You know, we kind of briefly talked about that earlier, about, you know, esteeming others and walking in love. So you see that there are things that God wants to do through the body. You know, and if you just come to church and you think that, well, you know, I'm just, I'm doing good just coming to church. Well, yes, it's, it's, it's a start, but it's just so that you can get stirred up regarding some of these things. And, and, and some of you know better. Some of you have been exposed to the move of the Spirit and to the gifts of the Spirit in times past, okay? And it's time to stir those things back up because that was not just for it to be in times past. No, no, God is the same. And the Holy Spirit is the same. He never changes, right? And so, so you need to stir up that gift that is in you. I don't know what is in you. You know more than I do about what's in you, but the Holy Ghost knows even more than you about what's in you. Hallelujah. And, as you, and if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you speak with other tongues, you need to do that every day. I said you need to do that every day. I said you need to do that every day. Paul said I speak with tongues more than you all. 
You know, Brother Hagin said, you know, about, about speaking in tongues. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14. So we're, we're, I'm right here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he speaks in a tongue, does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So when you speak in tongues, when you yield to the Holy Ghost, you edify yourself. Brother Hagin said, in the Greek, it says the word that probably is, is the best uh, in, in English to, to cover that is, is to charge yourself up like charging a battery. You know, have you ever, you know, you see these electric cars, you know, what happens if the battery is dead? Not a whole lot of action, right? But as you start to, 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 to pray in tongues, there's, there's many, many, many benefits. And I probably can't go into all of them tonight, but, but one of them is to, to just make yourself more aware of spiritual things. More aware of the voice of the Father. You build yourself up so that you won't just, just, just go around and just be oblivious when God is speaking to you. I'm not saying that you can't hear God without being baptized in the Holy Ghost, but it sure helps. But it sure helps because you build yourself up on your most holy faith. Hallelujah. And I dare to say that if you don't pray in tongues, you probably will fall short of the full plan of God for your life. Because you won't see it. You won't be aware of it. And there's some things that you haven't even prayed out. The thing is, you know, okay, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to touch what we need to touch tonight. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, Luke, he penned the book of Acts. <clears throat> and I'm going to start in verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, he was writing to this guy, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John truly, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this was not a suggestion, right? It was a command. He said, I command you, don't depart until. And in verse 8 it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Hallelujah. Go to chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, 
and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And if you have read this account, you know, they were speaking in tongues, they were actually talking in all kinds of different languages to the people in Jerusalem, and they all heard them declare the wonderful works of God in their own language. This was the, the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he's been down here ever since. Hallelujah. But the same power that you can read through the, the Acts of the Apostles, the same power that was evident in their life is supposed to be evident in our life. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. But I think that we need to stir up the gift that is in us. Hallelujah. And there's, there's many reasons why, you know, it was tongues of fire and it makes you speak. You know, one of the reasons why it's so important to, to pray in tongues is because you bypass your natural mind, but you're still speaking. You're still declaring. I said you're still speaking. You're still declaring. And you have what you say, whether you understand it in your mind or not. You are speaking by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and he knows exactly what you need. He knows what needs to be rearranged in your life. He knows the things that need to be changed in your life and in the life of people around you. He knows what lies ahead. And even in Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, it talks about angels heeding the voice of his word. Whose word? God's word. Well, if you speak by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, it says in Acts chapter 16, he only says what he hears the Father say. So if you speak by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, you're speaking as the Father is speaking. And guess what happens? Angels, they hear and they respond. But if you take these things slightly and you walk out here and you think, well, ain't always talking about angels. Well, you'll be without. I said you'll be without. But if you will heed the voice of the word of God and start to put this into practice, start to stir up the gift that is in you, you might start to see some more stuff change in your life. But if all you do is complain about the things that are not working out, well, then that's what you're going to have. But if you will stir up the gift, you will start to speak in tongues. You start to sing in tongues. You start to talk to the Father. You know, we're talking here, Sunday morning prayer. You know, the Holy Ghost, he, he brought this up. I haven't thought about it. And he, in Acts chapter 13, it talks about, you know, Paul and Barnabas and, and these other three guys. They were, they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Ghost said, well, what if you just minister to the Lord? Maybe if you maybe even skipped a meal, how about that? And spent some time with the Lord just ministering, not asking for anything, just ministering to the Lord. Just telling him how good he is, how wonderful he is, how thankful you are that you are his child. That you've been bought by the blood of Jesus, redeemed and set free. And then you start to rejoice in the Holy Ghost because you run out of words. And you just start to praise him out of your heart and, and, and he might say some stuff. I said he might say some stuff to you that you need to hear. Amen. Maybe those answers that you've been wanting. For years, you've been struggling with this one thing. And in a moment's time, he can give you the answer. Right here it is. Oh, man, I've had him speak to me. And it's so clear. And I knew. I said, I knew, no shadow of a doubt, God spoke, and you know. 
We're supposed to live talking to him, communing with him. It's a supernatural life. Maybe people can't see it, you know, but you're walking with him. But they actually, eventually they will see it because it'll be evident because his peace starts to just follow you everywhere you go. An awareness of God comes into the room when you come into the room. Oh, yeah, it's possible. For every believer, it's possible, and it's available to every believer. That's when life gets fun, really. And that's when you realize that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And you can actually rejoice in the most straining circumstances on the outside because you have peace in your heart because you know it's going to be all right. Jesus is on my side. Hallelujah. The Almighty is on my side. He changes everything when you walk with him. <laughs> you know, Paul said the kingdom of is kingdom of God is righteousness and because we're, we're, we're right with him, righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. His peace is wonderful. You know, peace, shalom, means the peace that comes from being whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Your life is whole. You're at peace. You're well provided for. You know without a shadow of a doubt that he is the good shepherd. And you will never want for any good thing. It's for all of us. I said it's for all of us. All the time. To walk in. And I want to see it. I want to see everybody walking in the fullness of what Jesus paid for. Because it hurts the father's heart when he sees his children struggle. Even if you made one mistake after the other, after the other, he's, he, does, he, does, he never says, well, they're, they're just deserving it. You know, it's just like, I'm just, no, no, his love never stops pursuing you he loves you he wants the very best for you he didn't give Jesus for you know just to help you a little bit I heard this story that really uh, I was down at a conference down in Louisiana and and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, he's not a pastor anymore but he used to uh, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't think he wanted a name to come out. But this uh, this woman in their church, she uh, she her and her family were out on a trip in another state, and uh, they were coming back. It was late, and then her husband got tired, and she took over driving, and she fell asleep driving, and they went off the road, and her husband and her child died. So can you imagine the guilt? It's my fault kill my family she's by herself 
And he said that she would come to service and he said that the, 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 the word of God, she said, and, and, and you know, we'd be able to help her a little bit, but there were times when she didn't make it to church. And he said, go find her. And they would find her out in her garden just weeping, just weeping. She lost everything. And now the devil is after her, condemning her. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Does that sound familiar? It's your fault. It's your fault. But then in one service, the Holy Ghost (laughs) impressed on the preacher. He said, tell her it's not her fault. And he's like reasoning in his head. He's like, well, but Lord, it kind of was her fault. You know, she fell asleep. You know, if you reason. The Lord said, tell her it's not her fault. And so he called her out publicly. And he said, it's not your fault. Good, the Lord told me to say, it's not your fault. And the Holy Ghost fell and she was completely set free. You see, the love of God, it takes away even the fault. It takes away the fact that it was your fault. He took it on him on the cross. That's his love. That's why Paul is praying in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, I ask God that he will grant you, hallelujah, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. So that you, being rooted and grounded in love, hallelujah, may be able to grasp it all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We need to understand his love for us. And we need to receive his love for us. Because he can, he can take stuff away. He can uproot stuff that has been there for decades. That have held you back from fulfilling the plan of God for your life. He can take out bitterness. He can take out hurt. He can take it out and remove it once and for all. Like it was never even there. That's the love of God. That's the love of your Savior. That's how much He loves you. And that's why we have to ask God to help us to see this great love. Because it's not human. I said it's, it's not human. It is above anything that you can grasp with your mind. You have to have the Holy Ghost's help to reveal it to you. So you can see how good He is. So you can receive the fullness of what he has done for you. So you can live a life of freedom and of peace and of joy. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a wonderful God. I'm so thankful for his mercy. That he never gave up on me. You know the devil. He will bring up all that stuff. To try to remind you that you're. You probably disqualified yourself somewhere along the line. Eh. Like he said to me. You knew better and you walked away. That's what he used to me. It's like, and he, he used that again and again and again. Who are you? One that's redeemed by the blood of Jesus. 
I said one that is redeemed by the blood of Jesus. One that has been set free by the love of God. Why don't we all just close our eyes and look to him for a while. You know, he is awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, we look to you tonight. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are everything, Lord Jesus. Your love is over and above anything we could have imagined. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love for you is the same now as it was the first time you were introduced. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, for your loving kindness and your tender, tender mercies. Hallelujah. And if you will open up your heart tonight, hallelujah, he will, he will start to rearrange some things that needs to be rearranged. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just let him mold and change you like in Jeremiah chapter 18. God told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. So he went down to the potter's house and he saw the potter had a, had a vessel on, the, on his wheel that was marred. I said it was marred. It had been hurt by life. It had been <laughs> maybe somebody would even say not even usable but as he looked at the vessel in the potter's hand he made it just like the potter wanted it to be he molded it and formed it and fashioned it just like he wanted it to be hallelujah so if you will let God he's the potter and we're the clay if you will let God, hallelujah, he will mold you. He will change you. He will fix what needs to be fixed. Hallelujah. And you will be a vessel. Hallelujah. 
that he can use. You'll be a blessing, not not just to, to yourself or your immediate family, but to others. Oh, God is able. I said, God is able. I said, God is able. Hallelujah. God is able. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for molding and changing people's hearts right now, changing the way they see themselves. Hallelujah. Removing hurt. Removing hurt. Removing hurt. Hallelujah. Removing it. Hallelujah. Like it wasn't even there. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Oh, the blood of Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit would always reveal the blood. What the blood of Jesus has done. The blood of Jesus removed sin and all the effects of sin. The the power of the blood of Jesus has the capacity to remove even the stain of sin on your heart and your thinking. And how you see yourself. To remove it completely. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Glory be to your name. you sing that out Linda hallelujah hallelujah glory be to Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah, yes. Hallelujah, glory. 
glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Just join in with uh, Linda and lift your voice. Hallelujah. 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 Mm, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing a little more. He inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. Oh, we lift your name on high. Only you are worthy. Hallelujah. You are worthy, you are worthy. Oh, we give you praise. Only you are worthy. Hallelujah. Glory. You know, he truly inhabits the praises of his people. You'd be amazed, hallelujah, at what he will do in your family. Oh, glory. You just lift your voice to him. Hallelujah, and your heart towards him and praise him. You know, it's his presence that changes things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you honor and praise. You alone are worthy of our praise and honor. Hallelujah. Thank you for being so incredibly good to us. And Father, we, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. 
the spirit of reality. Hallelujah. And we thank you that he is continuing to lead and guide us into all truth. To show us things to come and even reminding us of things you've told us in the past that we might have slipped but that come back up to the surface in services like this. Hallelujah. So that we will meditate on these things, give ourselves entirely to them that our profiting may appear to all. Hallelujah. Because these things are eternal things, they're holy things and they're things from you. Hallelujah, not just to us, but to the people around us. So we thank you, Father, for your help. You've sent us your very own spirit to help us. He knows even the depths of God. And he helps us to see, hallelujah, what you've done for us. And we thank you for it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You know, I don't know where you're at. You know, we have part of our prayer team here tonight. And if you, you know, we want to make it available. If you want to come, you know, have somebody that won't, won't, you know, will agree with you regarding. A, you know, I just prayed with, with the prayer team here on Sunday because I had a, a thing that I wanted somebody to agree with me about. You know, there's power in agreement. And did you know the body is there for the body? And so if, if the, I would say if the preacher is too, too proud to go and ask somebody to agree with him, then he has a problem. I said, then he has a problem. We need to value the gift in each other. because we're all valuable. Hallelujah. And so important to the plan of God. So after we dismiss, you know, we'll be up here for a while. And, and the other people that are on the prayer team, you know, it just, just if somebody wants to pray with somebody about something, you know, just agree with them about a situation, whatever. You know, Jesus said, if two of you agree is touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by our Father, which is in heaven. Right? So anyhow, I just wanted to make sure that you know that's available and we do that on Sundays as well. You know, it's for a reason. Because we want to see God move. We want to see people helped and set free, right? And you might not be, need to be set free, but you might just want somebody to agree with you. Or if you've heard now me talking about, you know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and it's like, well, what is that? Well, well, come talk to us about it. We'll tell you more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is wonderful. So glad I came tonight. Praise the Lord. I don't want to shift gears, but we're going to take up an offering real quick.